The views and opinions expressed by individuals on the following program do not necessarily reflect those of the network, Guys Guy Radio, and its platforms. It's Guys Guy Radio. Here's your host, Robert Manny. Welcome to Guys Guys Radio. This is your host, Robert Manny, welcoming you to the show where men and women can be at their best and everyone wins Guys Guys Radio. We're here to inform you, inspire you, empower you, and get you to think, feel, and who knows, maybe even act by virtue of the journeys, stories, experiences, and insights of the guests I bring you each and every week to the show. And once again, this week is no exception. Today we're going to talk about the secrets to finding healthy relationships. And our special guest is one of the top relationship and dating coaches in the world, Iris Ben Ruby. She's a real expert psychotherapist, marriage counselor. She's been doing her work for the past 20 years, helping men and women kind of find true love. I, I really enjoy Iris. I was invited uh, to participate in one of her um, events. I was a panel member and I also was interviewed separately and she was a real gem. She was really terrific. She asked good questions and she has a great mind and she has empathy for all the people out there doing their very best to try to find a relationship that works for them. And I always say it doesn't matter if you're a man or a woman or whatever you are, there's not enough love in the world. So just uh, Let's help people uh, as best we can. And that's what we do here on Guys Guys Radio. And, you know, sometimes we do like real guy stuff on the show. We interviewed uh, Dwayne Epstein about the book about the Dirty Dozen the other uh, couple of weeks ago. And we're going to have him back. We're going to talk about Lee Marvin. And I've had Vinny, Vinny uh, Pastor from The Sopranos and a lot of sports writers. But we also do a lot of stuff with relationships. We, we want to hear the female uh, point of view. And... It's important. And I think for guys, uh, one of the reasons I have so many diverse guests, if you will, is I want my audience, which is pretty much 50-50 men and women, and I want them to be able to hear both sides of the arguments and different perspectives, because I think that's what growth is all about. You need to hear what the other side thinks. I know in today's uh, world, I mean, it's so divisive. And when it comes to dating and relationships, you've got you got COVID as an issue, you've got politics as an issue, and you've got the people still struggling with how do you manage online dating? And you have a lot of folks over 40, over 50, they're not sure what to do. And um, I believe in the, in the time of COVID, the last couple of years, uh, divorce rates went through the roof because people were, <laughs> they got sick of each other being at home together. So uh, that's been a, a real crack in the, in the wall, if you will. But Iris is here with us today. We're going to have a great conversation because we've already touched base on her show and her panel, and I really like her, and I think we're going to really be able to help people with uh, how to find healthy love and relationships. Because you know what? The things are changing also in a lot of different ways where you have, you know, women are achieving, they're getting long overdue recognition, not enough. Guys are in a place where, you know, I say it's the best time ever to be a guy because it's a time where men can be whoever they want to be, although it's also a time where it's never been less clear who they are. And we'll get into all of that, but it's tricky times because you have, what, what are women doing? What are guys doing? How do they date? How do we do dating? Who pays? Who, who is the aggressor? Who, how, do, how do you make it work, really? And uh, to me, it always comes down to, and we'll get into this also in an interview, it comes down to values and uh being with the type of person that you respect, 
and you see the world through a similar filter. I know opposites attract, but when it comes to values, I'm not sure if that's the case. Because, for instance, if one person um, doesn't have respect for the family unit and the other person does, that could be an issue. And how people, you know, look at money. Is it a means to an end? Is it all there is? And you got to have it, have it, have it. it. All these things really make a difference. So we got to get past the point where with the ladies, they take a look and they, you know, get all the check marks on the guys. But many times they don't ask themselves, how does this person make me feel. And I think that's what it's all about. Having all of us go into our heart and ask ourselves in any situation throughout the day, how does this person make me feel? How does this situation make me feel? How do I feel about that? Because we do more and more thinking and less and less intuitive feeling from the heart. And I think it's really important that we learn to open up the heart space. It's not in an emotional standpoint, but just being more loving and more understanding and being more in touch with how the world makes you feel and how the people in it make you feel. So Guys Guys Radio, my special guest, Iris Ben Ruby, I think you're really going to enjoy our interview. So let's do it. It's Guys Guy Radio. Okay, Guys Guys Radio, the interview portion of our show, and I've got a very special guest today. You know, the last couple of weeks and couple of months, we've really gone back to our roots on Guys Guys Radio, talking a lot about relationships because it seems like they're tougher than ever now. I mean, we came out of a couple of years of COVID and things have changed a lot culturally, but in relationships, people still haven't figured it out. So I've got a terrific guest. She's one of the top relationship experts in the world. Her name is Iris. Ben Ruby. Let me tell you a little bit about her. She's a dating relationship expert, registered psychotherapist, and marriage counselor. She's spent over 20 years professionally coaching and counseling men, women, couples in over 16 countries to help them find true love and stay together. Iris has interviewed Dr. Phil on how to attract good men. And also she's asked Mel Gibson, what do women really want? Remember that movie there? So that's going to be something we'll touch on during our conversation today. She's got a number one Amazon bestselling book, Lonely and Single, to Loved and Adored. And she is an inspirational, charismatic, international keynote speaker, spiked with humor, energy, and wit. I really like her. I was a guest on her Secret to Finding uh, Healthy Love and Relationships recently. And she's such a pro and really a great person. And when she isn't coaching, Iris is riding her motorcycle, doing backflips on her trampoline. I have a mini trampoline that I jump up and down on. And it's really good workout. And also riding her pink two-seater convertible. So welcome for the first time to Guys Guys Radio, Iris Ben-Ruby. How are you, Iris? I am great, and thank you so much for having me on. You were a wonderful guest on my show. Well, thank you. It was an honor to be there, and I really love helping out as best I can, and just coming at things from a you know regular guy's perspective, uh, honest and authentic, hopefully. So thank you so much, and thank you for being here. Now, you've been a renowned dating coach and relationship expert for more than two decades. What originally inspired you to become a dating coach, expert, and guru, if you will? Yeah, so it started off with me being a psychotherapist and marriage counselor. And then as, you know, of course, that work tends to be more locally. And then as I started to get exposed to more international experts and in what's going on, so I got some training with the Institute of the Life Coach 
um, training, which was for therapists becoming coaches. And because I already had all the knowledge about how to get into relationship, how to make it succeed, how to repair in relationship, how to communicate. I just used all of the information I already had and put it into the coaching. Now, did you have any influences from any people? I mean, because this is back in the day when you began before kind of the coaching thing really exploded like it has now. But did you have any influ influences people wise uh, from personal experience or even uh, just your personal views on culture? Yeah. So in terms of the experts that influenced me, is that what you mean? Sure. Yeah. So all the big experts, Terry, Real, Lester, Perel, the... Um, Oh, I've just gone blank on their name. There's three of Hendrix's. The three of them spell their name differently. And so all of the experts that teach us about romantic relationship and sustaining a relationship, those have what have formed what it is that I teach my both my clients and my coaches. You know, it was interesting. I was uh, honored to be a guest panelist as well as being interviewed separately by you, Iris. And I, I was taken aback a little bit. I've got to tell you by some of the some of the folks who were there to learn, and God bless them because they're there to learn, but uh, some of them were really like, I'm like, wow, I can't believe somebody actually asked that question. At that, that, you know, people over 40, over 50 were still struggling with some of the basics in terms of finding ways to, you know, meet people, new relationships, et cetera. What has happened since you began coaching to now? And what do you agree with what I'm saying? That like, it seems like things have, let me give you an example. I wrote my novel, The Guy's Guy's Guide to Love, about 10 years ago. And I was inspired by the fact that I found that there was a, a communication chasm that was growing between men and women. And I wanted to do something about it by providing kind of a sneak behind a curtain into the weird, odd world of men and their dating lives. I think that chasm has grown over the past 10 years. What say you, Iris? Well, I'm going to go back almost another generation where our parents almost didn't have a choice. They kind of had to stay married. And so we didn't have anything modeled to us as children. What happens when your parents divorce and start to go out there? And so it's becoming a lot more normal and a lot more common. One of the things, you know, Dr. Phil said on my interview when I interviewed him was, let people stop getting divorced. It doesn't get any better out there. Learn to work on this one and have 80% and keep working at it to get more than 80%. But don't look, and he actually said something funny. He said, don't look for the perfect man because we don't exist. Well, that's true. I, I can attest to that. And, Sorry, nor, does, nor does a perfect woman, but I mean, we're we're all human. So that's the yeah. point. I mean, I happen to be talking about women looking for men. So that was his answer. But things have changed for us so much. It's, um, you know, when we were younger, we were generally most people were looking for a mate to get married, to have children, to buy the house with, pay off the mortgage. And as we get older, we have so many other options. I actually did a survey of the women that I work with, and I found that 17% of women want to be in a relationship in two separate homes and not living together. I just threw that question into the mix just for the fun of it. I figured nobody would answer. And I was really taken aback. And so there's just more options. And I think with the feminist movement, I think guys often get taken aback not knowing, should I buy her a coffee? Should I offer to do this? Should I hope hold the door open? Because we hear horror stories of men who have held the door non-romantically for a woman who lashes out at him that she can do it herself. And so I think that, you know, all of this has just created an unstable, unpredictable 
environment to date in that I think a lot of people are lost. You know, it's interesting, um, and this is uh, Robert Manny, Guys, Guys Radio. My special guest is international dating and relationship expert and guru, Iris Ben-Ruby. Um, most of the women dating coaches and experts that I've spoken to have told me that, one, women want men to be men in the best sense of the world, the word. In other words, comfortable in their own skin, approachable, uh, friendly, emotionally intelligent, um, confident, but not arrogant. They also say that women have a hard time dialing down that kind of left brain masculine behavior that they have because of the workforce. They have to turn on, you know, be, be like the man's man at work. And then when they come home and they're going to, like, de- you know, decompress, it's difficult for them to switch roles when they're getting into their relationships. And it, it's confusing for women. It's also confusing for men. But what do you think about that, Iris? I totally agree. And I often say the things that help us succeed in the workforce undermine us in romantic relationship. So we need to learn to choose and rather than be on automatic, women did need to step into their masculine to pay the bills. You know, single women get a mortgage. Um, What's it called? Negotiate for a car, you know, be a, a top producer in whatever they do. But as women, we tend to get tired being in our masculine all the time. And for many women, it's hard to do that switch. But I think many women are looking for a man to step up and be in his masculine in the relationship. And it's funny because I was having this conversation with someone who felt like it was about dominating. That's not the model of leadership that I'm talking about. I'm talking about a man who says, listen, sweetie, that movie that you said you wanted to go see, I got us tickets to go see it on Friday. What do you think? So it's in leadership in team. Women are looking to be able to go, okay, he's made the plans. I can sit back, but he's taking my needs into consideration. So I feel heard and taken care of. Yeah, it's a slippery slope. That's a great point. It's a slippery slope, though, sometimes because um, you've got uh, a guy sometimes will attempt to uh, do kind of what you just articulated, which is he'll say, oh, she likes Japanese food. I found this great restaurant. And sometimes they get trumped where the woman says, oh, I've already been there. I want to go to this other place that I haven't been to yet. And the guy's like deflated in a way because I I had this idea and now she doesn't want to go there. So am I am I lacking because of that? Or should I just roll with it and go where she wants to go? And should she be more sensitive about the fact that he stepped up and he had an idea and he was paying attention? So you have both sides in a little bit of a tricky situation there. What, What do you think about that, Iris? Yeah. And and that's why I coach women. It's learning to be in that feminine, let him lead. So what if you've already been to that restaurant? So what if you want to try another restaurant? You can go on another day. Our job is to allow our men to lead us, but also acknowledge them for what they bring into our lives. Because if we're going to criticize what they do, I'm going to give you a quick example. I had a couple in my office, I was doing marriage counseling and he said, I don't empty out the dishwasher anymore. I don't fill up the dishwasher anymore because she'll just go and reorganize everything I do. So what's the point? I know that one. I know that one. That's what we do when we have a standard that we expect he has to be exactly this way. It's like, I don't want this sushi restaurant. I want another. All you're doing is letting him know that he's missed the mark. Is that going to encourage him to keep stepping up or is that going to dissuade him and have him just step back a little bit and let you take the lead, which is where we start to complain. He's not in his masculine, but we've created that. Yeah, it's a great point. I've actually encountered that situation at home where it's like, 
re- redoing the dishes. I might I just put them in there. No, 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 they have to be like this. And I could easily say, well, then you can do it from now on. Mm-hmm. But I don't because I realize that actually my wife's idea as to the uh, setup of the dishwasher is better than mine. And I'll just pay attention to it and not take it personally. Because often what happens, Iris, and I want to hear your point of view on this, is a lot of times guys take a woman's criticism, what they say is criticism when they're correcting them on certain things. And it's not necessarily intended to be criticism. Is about the intention is how can we make the relationship as good as it can be? So if they're pointing things out that not are not at the optimum or preventing the woman from having the satisfaction that she desires, the guy, in my opinion, needs to like leave the ego, put the ego aside and say, okay, what is she actually saying? And what is the intention here? And sometimes we guys, we miss that. I agree. And that's one of the big things I I teach when I'm working with either clients or with couples or coaching is how do you communicate it? You want to make it an invitation for the guy rather than a formula. You did it wrong here. Here's how you do it right. When we get to be a certain age, we don't want to be parent-child kind of relationship because that's what it creates. And we all have egos. I mean, it's really hard to put our egos on the back burner, right? And so it's really learning. And I'm talking about women as to how to. So let me say one more thing. But for women, it's learning how to communicate in a way that's an invitation rather than a, a domination, let's say. But the other things I always tell my clients, we're all a bunch of children walking around in adult bodies. And what I mean by that is the strategies that we learned as children, the woundings that we have from childhood, they're still existing in us unless we've done therapy or coaching. And so our partner might say something and it's like, oh, this is just like my mom, even though we may not have the words just like my mom, but we get triggered and we get triggered. It's usually because of stuff from our childhood. And one of the things we know about marriage counseling, and it doesn't have to be marriage, it can just be a couple, in a conscious, healthy couple, you know, and I use the example of having a scar, in a healthy, conscious couple, the wounds you have from childhood, they heal, and when you touch it, they don't hurt anymore. In an unconscious coupling, you just keep triggering each other, and that wound stays open and pussy, and it hurts every time you touch it. So the more you're aware, the more you can have conversations, you know, the way that you said that made me feel really uncomfortable, made me feel like I didn't, you know, meet the mark that you were expecting. And it's learning to have these open conversations so that, you know, both people interpret the same thing in different ways based on their history. As long as you can bring it to the table to talk about it, it gives the two of you an opportunity to say like, oh, that's why you reacted that way. I had no idea. That's not what I meant. What I meant was this. There is a whole healing in that. No, that's 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 a great point. As you were saying that, I was thinking while I was listening, actively listening, I was a, a thought came to my mind that you know maybe these this is one of the reasons kind of why the relationships and dating is, is even more complicated now maybe than it's ever been, and that's why people have are struggling with it. Like this is a time where you know women are getting their they're achieving, they're getting their long overdue recognition, not enough of it, but they're getting a lot of it, and at the same time. Men can be seen as falling behind. And then there's the whole Me Too and toxic masculinity and all of that. And a lot of guys are like, wow, I don't, I don't know what's going on here. I say this has never been a better time to be a guy because this is a time where men can be whoever they want to be. Yet it's never been less clear who men really are. Thoughts? 
Yeah. And so I, I would say the one thing that men need to learn is just ask a question. You know, would you be comfortable if I make plans for us for next Saturday? Simple. You'll get the answer, right? And you've already prepped the woman that you're going to choose the restaurant, you're going to choose the movie, whatever. You need to have conversations and ask questions so that you understand, you know, she one of those women that does not want to be planned for, let's say she wants to take the lead. Is she one of those women that can go in and out as fluid out of masculine, feminine? Or is this one of these women that's really happy to have somebody step up and take the reins? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's interesting because um, I'm losing my track of thought here. Forgive me for a second. Um, let me let me come back to it when, I, when it comes back to me. Um, or women sometimes, uh, when it comes to uh, looking for men, looking for a new relationship, are they sometimes now focusing on like I've got the check marks? This goes back to the you know the roles, the roles again. I've got the check marks with this guy. He's got the job. He's got a nice car. Whatever. He's not in debt. Whatever it is, and they're not focusing enough on how they feel when they're with that person. And I heard some of this when we were doing our panel where one of the ladies said, oh, yeah, I've been with this guy for three years and I realized, you know, he's not emotionally available. And I was thinking, wow, that's a pretty long time to hang in there for three years to figure that out. What 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 are your thoughts on on this area? Iris? So I'm going to say in North America, we tend not to be attuned to our bodies, our um What's the word I'm looking for? Our knowing comes from our bodies. Like you hear something that makes you feel uncomfortable. If you're tuned into your body, chances are your stomach is tightening up or your chest is tightening up, or you see a newborn baby or a puppy, your chest opens up and it feels warm. Often we make our decisions from our neck up and we can, I always say we can argue for and against the same thing in 10 seconds. So our answers can't come from our heads. They can't come from a checklist. Yeah, I mean, superficially, maybe a little bit, but then you need to go inside your body. How do I feel? Men and women, straight or gay, how do I feel when I'm around this person? Do I feel safe? Do I feel heard? Do I feel cared for? Can that be a function of um, that sometimes people don't feel validated by their feelings? The, from past personal history. So it's okay. difficult for them to say, how do I feel? Because they haven't been heard from a feeling standpoint throughout life from their family or, or whatever. Yeah, it definitely comes back to childhood. If your needs were dismissed, if you weren't heard as a child, if you were made fun of, you were told you were too sensitive, you're too much of something, you learn to shut that down in order to survive, which comes back to my comment is we're a bunch of children in adult bodies. You want to start to go and look at what are those strategies I learned as a child to survive when I had no power. What's my power now? I have the power to do anything. Nobody can make me anything, fill in the blank, without my agreement, right? And every relationship is a bunch of yeses to get to a committed relationship. So we want to start to looking at how much do we allow ourselves to feel what we feel? Or do we tell ourselves, I actually met somebody recently who told me my um, my son's dog passed away and he was he was in the States. And so I, I hope I'm not going to cry. I had to uh, put the dog down while he watched on FaceTime and it was so hard. And I was, I was telling somebody about it 
that he really wanted to get on a plane and come back. And he said, yeah, but that's not reasonable. I said, you don't make this kind of decision based on logic. He wanted to hold his dog one more time before she passed away. And he said, well, I teach my children that, you know, what's the logical answer? And if you feel anything, go back to logic. And in my head, I'm going, wow. Yikes. You've cheated your children out of making decisions that honor how they feel. And and it gets passed down from generation to generation until somebody does some coaching, some therapy, reads some personal growth book. And and as part of that, um, we were talking about kind of uh, sometimes the the women will go for the check marks and then they can also get into and correct me if I'm wrong here, Iris. I, I because of my masculine ways at work that are necessary for me to succeed. I, I'll fix it. I'll make it work. And it, it, that could be detrimental instead of listening to the feeling, trying yeah. to force it because you've got the check marks, but you're not listening to your feelings. Yeah. And it's detrimental on both sides, right? Going into fix it is often what women complain about. I want you to hear me not fix it. And a man's going well, like, what do you mean? You have a problem. Let's, let's figure out let's, what's the solution. Right, right. And often women are looking to not to have anything fixed just to be heard. So we want to be able to, I'm going to come back to the word choose. We want to choose when do, does the woman want to fix? When does the woman want a, just an ear to listen, you know, for the woman to choose, like, you know, is this, does, what will serve me best in this moment? Do I need to connect to what I feel or am I going to make it happen the way I make everything happen at work? Absolutely. My special guest, Iris Ben Ruby on Guys Guys Radio. We're talking about relationships and this is a really beautiful conversation. Thank you, Iris. I finally remember what I had kind of lost track of a few minutes ago. And that is part of our culture seems to uh, be pushing men to be, you know, when when I was out there dating, I had before online dating came up. I had to go up and approach women like, hi, my name's Robert. Can I buy you a drink or you work here? You've been here? Something. You had to engage in small talk. Nowadays, if you're a guy, you can sit home and your tidy whities and score dates with hot, smart, intelligent women. And it can make guys lazy. There's nothing wrong with that because you can meet, you know, let's, let's face it, online dating will allow you to meet more people than you'd ever meet organically. So it's great. However, it's a slippery slope sometimes also because it can make men lazy where they'll sit back. And now you have women also more aggressive. When when I began dating women, you know, they'd send you a couple of signals and stuff, but it wasn't like it is now where women will ask the guy out and they'll pay for stuff. And it's a whole different ball game. And guys can get really lazy that way. And it can really backfire on the women because the, the guy's just going to let you take take over and make all the decisions. And then you're not going to be happy because he's not stepping up. And I agree with that. And I think that a healthy, um, even an alpha woman wants to be in that beta. And so then if you start to have the friction, you want to start to look at what's going on. And again, it comes back to the word choice. Maybe be lazy, be on the apps while you're at home in your tidy whities. But when you're out there, you want to start to show up as who is the best me, not so that I can catch her, but so that I have integrity with myself. How do I want to show up in the world? Yeah, it's it's interesting. I see like the, the the things changing right in front of our eyes where you wouldn't have seen this 20, 30 years ago. I saw a post somebody that I know on social media and she's uh she's all jacked working out in the gym all the time and then she has pictures of her boyfriend and he's home making making cakes and stuff and I'm like 
with an apron on, I'm like, that's cool. But like, wow, you know, because it's like, this is like not a rarity. This isn't an exception. This is getting to be more and more normal where there's a fluidity in couples. And I say, it is not enough love in the world and whatever works. But I guess, you know, men are men and women are women in some ways. And maybe the old ways don't work anymore. I don't know. What do you think? It's confusing for people, Iris. Um, I think fluidity is a really good word in that we so that we don't get stuck in a box as to how we should be and how our partner should be. But you know what, honey, you go to the gym today and I'll take care of dinner. And the next day she says, you know what, I'll take care of dinner so that you can go out with the guys. So I, I think that that's a really important word to remember, to not get stuck, that there's only one way to do things. Have conversations with your partner as to what works for the two of you. So what, um, where where can men, women, where can women meet men nowadays? Where's a good place? You, you've heard everybody. You've heard it from the the people who are coming to learn and you've heard it from all the experts on your panels where's the i think women universally ask where can i meet men i think that besides the dating apps i think right. do the things that you love and assuming that you don't like crocheting because if you're going to go to a crocheting group you're only going to meet women but do the things that you love that's going to be more of a co-ed group because you're already meeting someone who's in alignment with something that you're passionate about I, I agree wholeheartedly. I think that's a perfect answer. And then is it okay nowadays for, and is there any downside to women making the first move? Because a lot of times guys, we're ego, ego driven will say, okay, hey, she, she digs me. That means I'm in, I'm kind of in control. There's a subconscious notion that, that it can occur in a guy's like, ah, I can, I, I got her now because in the past men had to put themselves out there. And sometimes they don't as much as they, they did then. Because the women is more overt because sometimes guys are not that great at reading signals, the subtleties, the romance, which I which I love. And the women just come right out there and like, you want to go out. And that's a signal like, OK, I you know, there's a possibility of uh, intimacy with that because guys, <laughs> the guys are thinking sex like all the time. Yeah. And so I think there's pros and cons to everything. I think there's more pros to women being able to approach a man, but just for men to remember. It's not a done deal just because she asked you out. She made the first move because women often know that it's hard for men. Like if I was a man and always approaching women, I'd be worried all the time about being rejected. So sure. it, it often is a difficult for many men. And so she's making the first move. It doesn't mean that it's a done deal. You still have to show up as your best self, regardless of who asks who out. Because if you're going to create that long-term relationship, you want to be the you that she picks not the you that you're pretending or you've gotten lazy about or that you're trying to pretend that you're all that. How do you coach uh, women on how to manage the online dating landscape? What I have found is that um, from being in it and meeting my wife, uh, on a, she had a, I was the only person she met on match.com. She had a three, three day, three day pass or something on there. And I was on there and having, I was having a blast, but I found there's a lot of people who jumped in and overextended themselves or it was like too much or somebody you know was not 100 percent honest with them and they got completely turned off and then everybody turns out to be dishonest because that one person was how do you advise women to embrace the technology without getting lost in it so the first thing for both men and women there's only about 10 percent of the people out there that are a match for you 
And then the more personal work that you've done on yourself, the smaller the pool becomes. And so it's your job to get really good about getting clear. Who are you and what do you bring to the table? What's the quality of life you're looking to live? What are your deal breakers? What are your must-haves? So it becomes easier for you to filter through all of the men, the big pool that's out there. How far are you willing to drive? You know, do you want a man that has younger children? children there's so many things that you need to get clear on so you can go no he has younger kids i my kids are older no interest you know he's like two hours away i tell women if you're not willing to drive at least once a week that distance don't start with a man don't expect him to do all the driving so then it keeps getting smaller and smaller so you're only focusing on those that are much more in alignment with what you're looking for oh that's a great answer um uh, sex on the first date in, in the past, you know, it would be like, oh, that's kind of a no-no. And now, you know, I always think of it as probably not the best idea because uh, maybe just getting a little bit ahead of yourself. But, you know, it's a, we're all adults. So my thing has always been, it could be on the first date, it could be on the seventh date. Don't make it about, it's when it's right. And um, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, so my thoughts is don't have sex until you're in a committed relationship for women, because what the research shows is that for women, when they have sex, they release oxytocin, which is the bonding chemical, and it allow them to bond too quickly, want to move too too quickly, put on, you know, they're not seeing really the whole person in front of them. And yeah, we're all adults. You can choose to do it on the first date. It may or may not impact. It's just simply making choices every step of the way and deciding, did they this work in my favor or did it work against me? And if it did, what would I do differently on the next time? How about um, paying? Um, uh, because, you know, m- women are making more and more money as they should and they don't not quite equal with the guys, but it's getting closer. So that's good also. Um, I always think that it's uh, you ask the person out for the first date, then you offer to pay. And mm-hmm. if the other person wants to chip in or leave the tip or I'll buy you dessert or coffee or something, fine. But don't make it a big deal. If you're, I tell guys, you ask a woman out the first date, make it a casual coffee, drinks, whatever, appetizer, if it's going well, and that's it. And pick it up and then be done with it. And then it'll organically happen from there because everybody's different. Money is a whole different thing. Everybody, man, it doesn't matter what sex you are when it has to do with money. Everybody has their own money management perspective. What do you think in terms of, uh, what do you advise your clients and and experts about uh, how to handle the money aspect when it comes to dating, starting with the first date? Yeah, so I think you're right. The first date needs to be something very casual, something low key and also low cost because you don't know this person. You, you may come and meet them and there's no chemistry. I always tell women, go on three dates before you make a decision to stop seeing them because men feel the chemistry automatically. Women can take up to three dates to feel that chemistry, but you don't want to invest not too much money, not too much time into a date that might not go anywhere. You don't want to get stuck in a restaurant and feel like, oh my God, I can't wait for this to be over. And then from there, I my personal views, it's often the guy's job to pay. It makes a woman feel taken care of. And then if there's a big disparity in income, the woman decides how often she'd like to pay. Hey, I got tickets for the circuits. Or you know what? I got tickets for this. So she's contributing as well. It's not a one-way thing, but it's not a 50-50 deal in my opinion i think that takes away from attraction yeah i i agree with you 100 percent. and i love your answer about you know not necessarily three dates but at least give it a chance because the the chemistry aspect a lot of times and to a fault sometimes a guy will go on an online date and he asks a woman out for dinner and they go out for the big expensive dinner 
And he's like all over her and like, you're the one for me. And it's like way too early. It's way too much pressure on the woman. And mm-hmm. I, I think you got to keep it casual and, and get to know the person. But too many people walk away from the early relationships without really getting to know the person. And sometimes you find that the person you end up with having the best relationships weren't necessarily the person you were most attracted to the instant you met them. It can happen, of course. It can happen either way. But you you want you got to be careful not to like toss somebody aside before you really get to know who they are. Yeah. So I think what they've shown is that the lust, you know, that strong chemistry is about survival. It's not about that the personalities mesh. It might have been, you know, something we needed 200 years ago or 500 years ago for the survival of the species and our brains haven't really changed. But what I can tell you as a marriage counselor, what we know is that we pick the partner that reflects the wounds that we have from childhood. Sometimes it's a combination of both parents. To go back to that conversation, when you pick a conscious partner that's willing to have the conversations, you get to heal those things from childhood without having to go back to your parent to try and heal it. They may have passed. They may not be receptive. And so in a healthy relationship, we are picking partners that reflect the stuff from our childhood, sometimes not good stuff, but it's because we're familiar. Mm-hmm. And it's a familiar uh, pattern. Sorry, go ahead. No, no, no. Um you know, the visual aspect, sometimes I've said this and uh, I never got called on it, except for recently I was on a show, I was actually interviewing somebody and I said, you know, men, are, men can be visual. And uh, my guest said, well, women can be visual too. And I said, of course, but, but, you know, men have been kind of portrayed as, you know, being more about the looks than women sometimes are. And, uh, and somebody, uh, you know, wrote in the comments, really drilled me on that, said, you know, you don't know what you're talking about. And, you're not so good to look at either. And, you know, this really got personal. And I was like, is that just a, you know, somebody who was angry or angry with me? Or is, am I wrong that I always believe that men are a little bit more visually driven when it comes to dating than women are? Of course, you want to, if you're, women wants a guy to look good and wants him to be presentable, but it's not strictly, I mean, look at how men and women dress differently, you know? it's a woman's puts it out there you know if she's got a dress on and short skirt and heels men men don't do do that in a heterosexual relationship (laughs) right it's different maybe maybe a guy wears a suit or something like that or just jeans and a a, you know a, a casual shirt or something but it's a little bit woman the guys normally don't put on makeup the way a woman would or get their hair done i mean it's more and more product and all of that stuff happening but it's still a little bit more playing towards the visual aspects of guys. Is Am I wrong here? Because somebody, again, really just like took me to task on that. And I was thinking, well, maybe I'm wrong. So when I agree with you, and there's a few pieces that I want, if I can remember them all. One is where women get hooked on the visual is I need a tall man. And I remember my girlfriend who married a guy two inches shorter than her. She said, women are making such a big mistake to pass on the short man. Her husband is so loving. She said he was caressing her leg and she said, oh, I haven't had my leg waxed. And he's like, don't worry about it, honey. And he was just loving. And so she said, when you bypass just based on height, again, that's just looking for the looks. There was something else I wanted to say. Women, I mean, when I first got um, trained in eating disorders, 
we were just starting to see male eating disorders. Yeah. It was primarily just women because all the ads were aimed at making women feel not good enough. They don't measure up. I remember actually driving from Florida and seeing this big sign, be the best you can be. And I thought, what a great message until I read underneath it, it was for plastic surgery. So the messages are out there, especially aimed at women. I think they're definitely at men as well, but much bigger, all the beauty products, all the 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 surgeries the everything is you know the the lips now that have to look a certain way the tattooed eye like there's you should look this way and so I think women fall prey more to those things because in order for me to be good enough to look sexy to be picked I've got to do all those things yeah and it seems like there's a uh, from younger women, maybe because I'm an older guy now, they seem to be more overt in their sexuality than I remember when I was in high school or college. Now it's like, boom, they're putting it right out there. Like a lot of them, not everybody, of course, I'm making vast generalizations here, but it seems a little more overt now. So it yeah. even it's playing it's 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 applying that visualization that the guys have a woman who's playing it, playing it, playing the game. So even more than ever, I guess. Yeah. So. And I think that that's part of the shift in the gender roles, you know, and I even see, you know, my granddaughter who's 13, 14, they're all wearing the crop tops and the short shorts. And it's like, whoa, in my day, that would not be allowed yeah, yeah. <laughs> anywhere to school. Right. No, I, I hear you. Um, what's your sense, Iris, on how COVID from your practice, how COVID impacted dating? Obviously, we're kind of moving past that. Uh, I know it was a big, a really big deal in uh, in Canada in terms of uh, a lot of the the rules and everything. But just in terms of dating, what did you see? And what do you see that's happening now? I think we know what happened during COVID. It was a lot of like you have to wear a hazmat suit to get a date. Nowadays, it's a little bit opened up. Is has is COVID still an an issue when it comes to dating? Not in my experience. But let me go back to a couple of things. I I did a um, give back a series of interviews. And I interviewed both Terry Real, who's one of the experts for marriage counseling, and Dr. John Gray, Men Are From Mars. Mm -hmm. And both said the amount of divorces happening during COVID are not because of COVID. All they did is magnify the cracks that were already there. So we have even more singles coming out of COVID, even more people who don't know how to date out there. Um, I think there might be a little bit. I mean, I think you can see in the dating profiles, doubly vaxxed, fully vaxxed. Right. If you're not vaxxed, don't bother. I think there's some of that starts to become more of a political statement. Yeah. But in my experience, a lot of people came out of that forgetting how to date if they were single because they couldn't do anything during those couple of years. Yeah, I guess a part of the reason for the divorce is that people had to spend a lot more time together and yes. started to get crazy. Like, I, I, you know, enough's enough. So they, that's probably they, part of it, right? They couldn't avoid each other by going to the gym, going out with their friends, whatever. Like they ended up spending. And if you're not a couple that likes to spend a lot of time or you end up fighting when you have a lot of time together, then it just magnified it all. And let me add one more thing, a lot of loneliness coming out of COVID. Yeah. And a lot yeah. of desperation, like the need to be touched. That's a human need. Mm -hmm. that's, a, that's a great point. Um, let's talk about a couple of ways then to succeed. What are kind of some three, three, four, five, whatever strategies that women can deploy to really meet the guy? Put them, get them on the fast track. What are some good strategies? 
So if we're talking about dating, just what I talked about before, getting clear on who she is, I tell women, you're not the seller of yourself, you're the buyer. It's like when we go to buy a loaf of bread, there's like 50 loaves of bread deciding which one are we going to invest in. I mean, I'm funny when I say, what's the expiry date? But it's the same thing. (laughs) Is it sustainable or is he just eye candy or for the moment or just to get the physical touch that I need? So one, get clear on who you are and that you are doing the picking. Second of all, get clear on the quality of life that you want to live. Are you an athlete? Are you a couch potato? Not as a judgment, but do you like to sit at home a lot? Do you like, are you an extrovert? Are you an introvert? Can you manage those two pieces with, you know, with my my last partner, um, when we'd be out on the boat and we'd be swimming, I, I'm an ambivert, but I need my downtime. And then everybody, we'd be laughing and talking. And then I'd go back in the boat, take out my book and read. And they go, is Iris okay? He said, <laughs> she's an introvert. She just needs her downtime. 45 minutes, I'd be back in the water. And so it's really learning all the different pieces of who we are and what's going to make us thrive. How do you want your partner to show up for you? What are some um, deal breakers, non-negotiables that you need? And then when you're in in when you're actually in the dating, be willing to ask the questions. You know, one of the questions that I teach women, you know, I've been thinking about my childhood and I realized that my parents didn't give me a lot of freedom. And right now I'm really hungry to have a lot of freedom in my life. What have you noticed? So you're opening up a conversation that's a lot deeper than what do you do for work? How many kids do you have? Like all the stuff that is really unimportant. It's not the interview questions. And that's what guys sometimes will be like, I'm being interviewed and they don't don't like that. But I think it ultimately comes down to uh, values. If people share the same values, it's a good way to ensure a potential relationship. If they don't share the same values, it makes it no matter if all the other stuff seems to line up, you know, the the list, if you will, he's tall enough, he makes enough money, he has the right car. He's If, if you don't have the same values, it makes it very difficult. How do you coach your clients in terms of um, how to uh, identify, assess and manage the value aspect of a relationship? It's one of the first things I give my clients. I have from the Institute of Life Coach Training, they give us a test kind of form, one for needs and one for values. They pick their top three values, and that's what we build their profile on for online dating. But then they're clear on what they need and what they need to be able to mesh with somebody else. If he doesn't value family time and it's super important to you, you're not going to mesh as a couple. You're going to have conflict. If he, you know, really values in individual time and you need a lot of together time, you're not going to mesh as a couple. Last question. Um, and you do such great work and you're so articulate and brilliant. Why do you still do what you're doing? Oh, I love what I do. I get to see people transform their lives. I have pictures of women. I think my oldest client is 83. Shift those beliefs, the the conversations that go over and over in their heads as to why they're not in relationship and not succeeding. I actually have one woman two months into the program. She said, Iris, I can't do this. Like I'm quitting. And I talked her through it. She finished the program and a month before the program was over, she met her guy and they got married and she sent me pictures. It was a civil wedding. I have pictures of a 38 year old with a white, you know, bridal rank gown. I have all kinds of women sending me pictures of their and their honey, regardless of you know, race, age, you know, um, 
sexual orientation. It's just, it's so exciting to see that shift, but all that needs to happen is the inner shift. It's learning the skills. It's learning your mindset. Where are you sabotaging yourself? What do you need to be able to succeed in giving them those skills and see them apply them? I can't apply them for them, but give it to them. See them go out there and apply it and become happy. And even part of what I teach also is how to make a relationship thrive, how to communicate, how to repair after after a break, how to ask for what you need. A lot of women struggle with that. It just, I mean, you can hear it in my voice. It excites Passion. me to see yep. the shift from where they start to where they get to. Well, I love it. And I got to tell you, I think you could really help men because if I, if I was going to a, a coach, I would go to you. Because mm-hmm. you understand the male psyche, and you don't, you don't, uh, you don't uh, have a prejudice towards men or to women. You're very balanced, and you look at it through a very clear, uh, objective filter. And I think you could under- you understand men very well, and you're not judgmental about them, which is great, uh, one way or the other. And um, I think that would be great for you if you're not doing it already. You would be fantastic, and I would go to you if I if I had that need. And I don't right now, thankfully, but I think you're wonderful. And I thank you so much for being on my show, Guys Guys Radio. Tell everybody, Iris, where they can uh, learn more about you and and sign up. They can go to foreverlovecoaching.com and there's a place where you can contact me or get a free download. Fantastic. Well, thank you so much, Iris. We'll see you again, uh, hopefully, on Guys Guys Radio. Thank you. It's Guy's Guy Radio. Okay, fantastic conversation with Iris Ben Ruby. Really enjoy Iris. I think she's super smart. And as I think I may have mentioned, like if I if I wanted to work with a dating coach, I would strongly consider Iris because she's been doing it, she's heard it all, and she's very smart. She's not judgmental, and I think she really gets it. So thank you, Iris Ben Ruby, for coming on Guys Guys Radio. And what did we learn today? I, I think we learned um, that it's important that we, if we're looking for a partner, a couple of things. One, let's not focus as much on our brain and focus more on our heart. How does this person make me feel? Do I feel good when I'm around them? How do I feel about the world when I'm around them? How do I feel about them when I'm around them? Because you can have all those check marks in terms of jobs and they're tall and they've got a great car and a nice home and all of that stuff. But if they don't make you feel great about yourself, really, what's the point? I think that's hugely important. The other thing is there's so many wonderful women out there who are single and available, particularly after COVID and all the divorces that, that went on. It's tough and it could be frustrating. So my advice would be, is that work on yourself. If you go chasing around and get anxious out there, it's going to show. Work on yourself. Do the things that make you happy. And if there's things that you're passionate about, whether it be golf or tennis or pickleball or whatever, join a group, meet some people, do the things you love to do, and at the same time, you'll meet like-minded people. It sounds simple. You know what? It is simple. So just work on yourself. Work on being more heart-focused and be open. And I think the other thing that Iris mentioned this is that we're too quick to kind of uh, delete people and uh, ghost them and just uh, throw them aside. Sometimes we need a little more time to get to know someone. And now I'm not saying that's the case all the time. Sometimes you just know this, this, this doesn't feel right. That's okay because you're basing that on how you feel. But also try to do your best to give things a chance and say, well, maybe I didn't get the full picture of this person and maybe I need another conversation with them to see how I feel. 
So Guys Guys Radio, we're here every Wednesday evening on KCAA Radio here in Southern California at 8 p.m. Pacific Time. The show rebroadcasts every Sunday at 6 p.m. Pacific Time. Um, KCAA, you can listen live, stream, download. They've got all types of versions of KCAA that you can find online. Um, We're also, our podcast, YouTube and Rumble, all post worldwide on Thursdays, at some point on Thursdays. So you can catch us there if you want to watch the interviews. YouTube and Rumble, Guys Guys TV, we call it. And we're on UK Health Radio, the world's largest talk health radio station in the world. It's digital. It's on your computer. You can listen 24-7, 365. And um, we're on Guys Guys Radio. We're on four times a week. I also write for their magazine. They have a magazine called Health Triangle Magazine. I'm writing a series for them called Aging is a Choice. And really, it's about all the things I do to keep myself as young and vital as possible. And one of the reasons is my my wife's younger than me, and my son is uh, 10, and I'm in my 60s, so I need to take care of myself for my family and for myself. So it's a good thing. So check that out. And also, if you go to my website, robertmanni.com, you'll find 300-plus blog posts about life, love, the pursuit of happiness. I just posted two of the Aging is a Choice series on there. And you can also download three free chapters of my novel, The Guy's Guy's Guide to Love, which is a sexy romp on Madison Avenue into the kind of crazy world of advertising and the odd world of modern men and their dating habits. And it's been called The Male Successor to Sex in the City. It gives people kind of a peek behind the curtain in terms of the odd, weird world of modern men and their dating habits. And uh, it's a lot of fun. You can download three free chapters from the website. And then if you enjoy the book, you can pick up a digital copy or the physical copy on Amazon or wherever you buy your books. So Guys Guys Radio, we're here for you. Uh, If you enjoy the work I'm doing and the guests I have and the content I bring you each and every week, please subscribe to YouTube. Please subscribe to Apple Podcasts. Please follow. I think it might be follow on Apple Podcasts, but follow, rate, review, subscribe wherever you consume the show. Really appreciate that. doesn't cost you anything. And getting that as a nice thank you makes all the difference in the world. So we're back next week. Got a lot of really interesting guests coming up over the summer. And I hope you have a great one. And I hope the weather breaks and you have a great time. So. Guys Guys Radio, I want to thank my 750-plus guests I've interviewed and met over the years. So so many cool people. Um, I want to thank my wonderful team, Chris and Ryan. They're just terrific people, and they always have my back. They do great work. And most of all, I want to thank you, my growing audience worldwide, because, you know, it, that's what it's about. We're bringing you information. Hopefully, we'll help you live your best life. So Guys Guys Radio, I'll see you next week. And until then, like I always like to say, guys, guys, finish first. Finish first.